Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. I am uh, one of your hosts, Dan, and the other host I can see through my little TV screen who is jamming around, is pumped up tonight, is Charlie. I, I, am, I am pumped, and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm dancing to our intro music because we live drop it, which is yeah. great. He, he was pretty stoked for that. He's also very stoked for tonight's episode. Tonight's episode, as you can see, is nobody. And yes. we've talked about some of the modern movies. And Charlie pulled this one and goes, hey, we, we, we need to wa- you need to watch this. And I said, all right. And uh, so I watched it and we both just agreed. Yes, this is what we're doing. This is this is the one modern movie that we're going to start the modern movies with yeah it so makes sense it does to me but we've talked about it so i'm sure a lot of people would think uh we were going to do like expendables first or even the john wick series again and you're right it was we we kind of did with this (laughs) yeah we'll get into that here in a minute but uh no this one this one to me because of a i've seen it multiple times since it came out um it 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 stirred something in me like the old action movies used to and that meant a lot to me and when i when i usually pick up these kind of movies i'll buy the dvd and if it comes with the digital download i just send that over to dan so it's kind of a two-for-one deal so that's i sent him like a stack of them the other day there's several movies on his playlist now that i've just like hey i got this here take this here watch this um but nobody, I actually watched it the day I sent it over to him, and I still had goosebumps. I still had a huge adrenaline rush towards the end of the movie, and this was like my sixth time watching it. And I'm like, yeah, this this is so, this means something. This is that whole Close Encounters of the Third Kind moment. <laughs> this is yeah, important. This, this is, means something. This is important. <laughs> and, it, and it is. And I adore yeah. this movie. I think everyone, if, you, if you're listening to this show... Hey, if you're listening to the show, you've probably seen it, even though my co-host hadn't until the other day. That's uh, true. But if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Honestly, go watch it before you even listen to us prattle on about it, because I, I want yeah. you to... I, I, I handed it to Dan. Uh, he watched the trailer, and he's like, what's this about? And I'm like, I don't want to tell you. Please don't, don't ask me. I just want you to go in as blind as you can. And, I didn't even watch the trailer. You just you said watch this. And okay. And like, eh, but you know you know me well enough. Like I do. You know I'm a huge like Punisher fan, um, and not just because Skull and the outfit and everything, but because the, a lot of the sentiment behind what the character Frank Castle was all about. So, right. you know, you were like, here, watch this, and I'm like, eh, uh, what's it about? And you're like, just watch it, and I went, well, all right, I could tell. I could tell by your mannerism that it was like, okay, I just need to watch. This. Yeah, I, this wasn't going to be. I want to watch Dan in pain, so watch <laughs> this movie. I know. Um, I, I, before I watched it to my wife, I said, yeah, "This better not suck." Nah. And then, like, I think it was what I texted you. I think what twenty minutes into it, and I was like, "I'm sold." I think it was exactly twenty-two minutes in. You sent me a message, and you're yeah. like, "I'm sold," and yeah, I'm in. I gave it to you cold, and I. The copy I actually bought was the Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. So I keep the Blu-ray. My dad's still stuck on just basic DVD. 
So I handed him just the DVD in a slip case, nothing else. There's not even a picture on the DVD. And I was like, watch this. He's like, what's it about? I'm not going to tell you. What, what I was like, do you know how much we talk about how bad trailers spoil things? And he's like, yeah. I was like, so, okay, freaking just watch it then. Go in yeah, as blind it, yeah. as I can give it to you. Seriously, folks, if you're listening to this and you, I think we, we told everybody what it was going to be. Yeah, I drop we, it on we, Fridays now. Yes. So. so at this point, you know what this is. If you have not seen it yet, please stop this podcast. Watch it and come back. That is the absolute best thing to do, I think. I, yes. Like, I, I'm I'm so, like, I, I, obviously you understand there's going to be some badassery in it and everything else, too. So, you know that going in. It's an action movie. You kind of get that. Yeah. But how and why and what and the impotence of I'm I'm very, very glad that Charlie went just watch the movie nitwit. Just yeah. just watch it. Just and watch it. Just do it. Yeah. So because it was just, you know, when you find you finally get all the pieces come together, it's just so worth it and that's so, an that's a yeah. rare experience nowadays yeah. Um, yeah. and this is also leading up to what we're going to start this episode with that was not planned but this is kind of organic that's um true. is and we've i know we've talked about it and it's just you know there's there's trailers there's teasers there's this and there was a trailer for nobody there was a red band and i think i did watch one of them but that they, is that's and that's what i used for our trailer um segment yeah but this one was also bounced around from release date that it kind of disappeared from everyone's, you know, timeline of movies that are releasing, you know, kind of sure. like what they're doing right now with uh, Let There Be Carnage and all these other movies that Ghost are leading Busters. up. Ghostbusters is getting uh, Top Gun, top, got, top pushed, Gun got, yeah. got pushed all the way to next year. And I think the new Mission Impossible got pushed all yeah. the way to next year. Mm -hmm. But there is a movie. That is not being pushed until next year. That is actually coming out this Christmas. There it is. Uh, and because the tra we record these on Thursday, so the trailer dropped today, we want to give our first thoughts on Matrix Resurrection. Yes. So we knew there was a lot of talk about matrix uh, another matrix movie what was it going to be though was it going to be a reboot a sequel was it going to be from the same uh directing team yeah was it going that, to be the Wachowskis that, or something yeah right it, one of them is now doing this when it looks yeah. like not the other and um you know i was i was nervous and curious both because the Matrix, the first Matrix, especially, um, and the second one, but the first one especially, to me, hits really hard. It it was it was a um, it's a generational it a, defining movie. It really is. It's a genre defining, a generational defining. It hit at a very um, uh, big time in my life. It hit in the and, in the world's life. This thing dropped in '99. Yeah, I mean, so computers, everything yeah. was all anyone was talking about because of Y2K 
mm-hmm. you know, there was the, the big hacker movement. And I mean, we even had the movie Hackers earlier on, but that just kind of kept going and the technology of movies kept leapfrogging, you know, just keep yep. going and going. And then this movie came out and broke everyone's perception on what could be done. It, it really did. I mean, you have new technology, the bullet time technology yeah. uh, with the multi-camera work. The There's so much green screen. And it works in this movie great because it's fine. You're in a virtual reality world yeah. anyway. So it, it totally works fine for that. So when I heard that they were going to redo this, of course, I was very nervous and I was like, okay, what's going to happen with Keanu? He's older now. Obviously, he's going to be older in this. Is he going to be Matrix? He's going to be young Neo. Is he going to be older? What is going to go on with this movie? Charlie sent the trailer this morning. Yep. I watched it. I am very excited and pleased because it is almost... And this is going to be spoiler heavy if you haven't seen the trailer. If you haven't right. seen the trailer for this, fast forward for a little bit. But this trailer shows that it is almost a restart of the Matrix, original Matrix storyline that you know of. But it's not at the same time. No, I take it. And again, we're, we we don't have any insider information. We no, watched no, the trailer. No, we're just going off of what the trailer looks like. And what, yeah. the, what it's looking like is, to me, Neo went back into the Matrix. Yes, he somehow he got plugged back into the system. And yeah. now, old Neo, well, I'll say older Neo. Old, he looks older like John, Neo. John Wick with long hair, longer <laughs> hair, because he has the Wick beard and everything. It's awesome. That's fine. Um, we used to call him Neo and everything he did after the yeah, Matrix. So it yeah, works. So now it's John yeah, Wick. It's beautiful. But so it'll be John Wick in the in the Matrix. He thought he was badass before he was in the Matrix. <laughs> now um, he can stop the bullets. Exactly. So yes, he ends up basically being back in somehow, and it's his reintroduction back into reality and the ability to fight yeah. the Matrix system. Um, and he soon realizes who he is again and, and has the powers and stuff again. But he also has uh, Carrie Ann Moss is in it. Yep, she's back. And she's now in she, She's in the Matrix. She's a, yeah. looks like a normal person. Exactly. Um, I think she's a barista or something. But, uh, like, and, and I think o- that was the only – was that the only person you saw? Uh, that's the only person the I saw from the original. Although yeah. the first person he's talking to is Dookie. Doogie Hauser. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick mm-hmm. Harris. Um, and we get. And here's, I don't want to do what like you're going to find all these articles where they're talking about the new Morpheus or Morpheus redone. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's right. Morpheus at all. He died in three. Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen three yet, you don't have yeah. to. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but he dies, so there wouldn't be a Morpheus, but there is a character that looks similar. There is a Morpheus-like and character. My yes. guess is it looks like they're trying to re-connect like, Neo's memory or something, so they use someone that would kind of rekindle that connection he had with Morpheus in the training and everything that we see in the, in the trailer. So that's Maybe, my, my yeah, guess, yeah. is this guy's kind of a pseudo-Morpheus, yeah. but not Morpheus. 
Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the connection is going to be there, but there are a lot of elements in it, like I said, that are... They are they are homage. They are connecting points oh, to yeah. the original trilogy, or if you want to count Animatrix, the original saga. I guess yeah, those weren't bad, but this um, is going to be no, movie. they were good. This is going to yeah, be movie heavy. I mean, and um, they show the visuals of this trailer too of the red and blue pills, and it's acting yeah. like he's taking this blue pill as medication from his psychiatrist. Right. right. But we know the blue pill keeps you there. The red yeah, pill and, sets and you free. There is a uh, follow the rabbit. As a matter of fact, like the whole that. trailer, the trailer's done to white rabbit. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of homage elements to it. Um, so, you know, I'm real excited for it. I'm real hopeful for it. I am. Um, I am again, as well. I, I think it's going to be pretty fantastic. I will. I will. That will be a theater movie. Probably. I will see. Um, I, I think that one. I may don't think be. I'll home theater yeah we'll we'll see how things look at christmas but uh <laughs> well yeah there's that uh but i i'm all in uh thumbs up for me this is our first like review of a trailer i kind of like this yeah and, and so, again it just so happened it landed today and we're going to record and i'm I, right I'm talking to dan earlier going hey shit maybe we should talk about the matrix for a second he's like yeah, yeah, it works. Prob- yeah, yeah probably uh like i said i think the original changed the game uh for bad or worse Depending on how you look at it, it went from CG, you know, a lot of practicals, a lot of CGI's, a lot of this. However, you want to look at it, I still think it revolutionized the game going forward in filmmaking, not just action films, but in filmmaking yeah. in general. Yeah. And I think it was revolutionary. I would put it up there with one of those game changing movies uh, akin to like the original Star Wars and, yeah. um, you know, even like an original, like the Wizard of Oz, if you think about it, you know, the colorization of going to Oz and what that meant for cinema mm-hmm. at the time and film at the uh, filmmaking at the time, I think Matrix is as important, you know, it, it's one of those Titanic or all these other big milestone movies. It's one of those movies to watch before you die. I, it definitely oh, yeah. is. It's, it's a, it's way up there. So. Um, you're, you're getting our stamp of approval. The, the, give me back my action movie stamp of approval. Go watch it. And uh, ignorance it. is bliss. Eh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Now back to the regular show. Thanks for indulging us on that. Everybody. Uh, yeah, just, man, we want to try yeah, something man. a little different. <clears throat> yeah. Now we're back to the regular show. So yeah. the regular show, we're going to be talking about nobody. Are you ready for the trailer? I say let's let's drop the trailer real quick. So they took maybe twenty bucks and an old watch. Mr. Madsen, did you even take a swing? No. Could have taken her, Dad. Heard you had some excitement last night. I wish they'd have picked my place, you know. Why didn't you take him out? I was just trying to keep the damage to a minimum. Yeah, how's that working out for you? You okay? Because you don't look okay. There's a long dormant piece of me that so very badly wants out. What are you still doing here, old man? I'm gonna f*** you up. 
Everybody get to the basement. What is happening? Don't call 911. I used to be what they call an auditor. The last guy anyone wants to see at their door. Because it meant you didn't have long to live. But I left it behind to start a family. I might have uh, overcorrected. When you left, you've abandoned a certain debt that needs repayment. And your creditor is aware of your resurrection. After my family, they stole my kitty cat bracelet. And you don't f-ing do that. Nobody, 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 nobody. Give me the damn kitty cat bracelet. You look like shit, Dad. You should see the other guys. Who the f- are you? Me. I'm nobody. In theaters only, February 26th. So uh, we we got trailer guy <laughs> just telling us the dates. We didn't need him for anything else. Now this movie. Oh my god. We we like to have drops on this movie, and we're going to have some still. But this movie. As well as it, as well as it is written, and there's a lot of good one-liners. There's a lot of good dialogue in this. It is a visual movie. This is yes. a visual movie. The- it was written by the same gentleman who wrote the John Wick movies. Yep. Um, that is uh, Derek Colstad. Uh, yes, thank you, Derek Colstad. So, if you are familiar with john wick and not familiar with this it is bob odenkirk as john wick um i saw one person uh, say it's john wick uh, meets home alone it they actually make that uh comparison themselves i watched the the making of videos that's in the end of the dvd and Mm -hmm. they they say that they go it's pretty much when you get to the home alone part of the movie which is when he does the warehouse and you're like yep that's exactly what it is. As I watched it, I knew Charlie had already seen it, and I'm watching the and we'll get to it, but we're I'm watching the 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 warehouse scene at the end kind of thing. And as uh, I'll I'll just tell you now, he he rigs it because he knows yeah. that an army's coming against him. He rigs it, and as I'm watching it, I'm going, well. I know Charlie, who loves the A-team, is losing his absolute mind watching him A-team MacGyver their, his ass off to this warehouse. So, again, if you haven't seen it, please stop listening to this. Go see it. You need to see it. We don't want to ruin it for you. Thank, thank you for but, that comparison to the A-team. I love that. I, 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 as soon as I saw it, I went, Charlie, A-team, <laughs> A-team Charlie, this is what this is. This is... This is what the A team should have done. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Literally <laughs> mess people sh- up. <laughs> instead of just shooting sand at you, this is what they should have done. So, uh, like I like to do, I will go ahead and throw out some stats for you that this movie estimated budget was $16 million. Not too shabby for not, uh, 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 modern films. Not really, no. 
it finally did open March 28th, 2021. Yep. It only opened to six million eight hundred twenty thousand dollars yeah just just under seven million but you also have to remember we're in the covid era a lot of this theater going people just don't do it right since though since as we're speaking to the latest numbers i have in front of me gross u.s and canada alone at this point is now twenty seven million two hundred sixty eight thousand thirty five dollars worldwide and you're going to know why the worldwide i think is much bigger 55 million 405 35 the reason i believe that the worldwide is bigger this is a uh good guy versus russian mafia movie yes and it is in a lot of it's in russian mm-hmm. a lot of it is very russia it's in america but it's very russia heavy and it was directed by a russian yeah, or so former Russian, or it, not? Well, I don't think you can be former Russian. He he is Russian. Well, yeah. What? Yes, a Russian. Um, I'm not going to. I'm. I will. Ilya butcher. Ilya. Ilya. Nashulia. Nashuler. Nashuler. Ilya. Ilya. Now you're messing me up. All right. Ilya. Nashuler. Da. Yeah. So, uh, Ilya also directed Hardcore Harry or Hardcore Henry. Henry. Sorry. Hardcore Henry. So if you have seen that, you kind of understand the direction uh, of this particular director, the way he likes to do things, the way he likes to do things. High intensity, impactful. Um, I'm only going to correct you on one thing. This is not filmed in America. This was filmed in Winnipeg, Canada. Uh, well, Well, and they are in Canada. That's where they are. At. Are they supposed to be Canadian up there in the they, in Canada? The movie is in Winnipeg, Canada, and the see co- that, that that throws me off though because at one time, and we're, we may be jumping ahead a little bit, but he yeah. uses a a CIA. Is it CIA or FBI? FBI, FBI badge, and it's an old FBI it is an old badge. FBI badge. Yes, so that's critical um, too. It is, but uh, I would think, but my point is, if you're in, in Canada and you should flash an FBI badge, the Canadians are going to be like, I don't give a shit there, eh? They're not really going to care. So why would he have used, so that's what throws me off. I thought it was filmed somewhere in America, or no, it was supposed no. to be somewhere in America. Of course, Manitoba can double as whatever, Toronto doubles, whatever. It's Canada films things all the yeah, time. I mean, I'm sure there's little things that they were just like, yeah whatever but i mean all the license plates are canadian are they? Uh, everything like is, I said, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where i don't even care it could be filmed in in, in uh, oshkosh wisconsin i don't i didn't give a that's shit almost where it was, <laughs> i don't care where it was supposed to be set but no we don't have to dwell not, on that. but it was not set over in across the the, the ocean it's no kind of, no this but is, yeah i didn't i didn't pick up that it was supposed to be this is suburbia this is you know a, a smallish city not huge yeah. yeah um but uh just real quick on Ilya is mm-hmm. he is russian he wanted to do the russian characters right because even he admits you know we need bad guys make them russian they're literally mm-hmm. the bad guys in the first john wick uh, he goes after the Russians. Very um, 80s. Very yeah. 80s trope. Make the Russians the bad guys. Yeah, But that's what the action movie guys like. I'll admit that that's who I would go for. Um, 
But he actually went to, there is actually a high concentration of Russian immigrants in Winnipeg and okay. talked to them. And the, every Russian in the movie that plays a Russian is a Russian. That, that makes sense. Yeah. So they wanted to make sure that if they spoke Russian to each other, they were speaking Russian. So there are some subtitles in the movie. Um, but if it's a Russian talking to a Russian, he didn't want them trying to speak English because that's not what Russians do. No, they, no, they, they do speak not to themselves like that. So <laughs> I, I've, I've dealt with Russians in my career, uh, cleaners and painters. Uh, oh yeah. and they will, they will just yell at each other in Russian. All we, time. we've had contractors many a times when we yeah. did work in Columbus that, you know, we've been around it. Um, but I, I appreciated that he went that extra and it, it shows in the movie. He went that extra mile to make sure a, they weren't cartoony villains. They're not. The, no. there, there is a point where you're laughing at the main villain. Matter of fact, me and Dan were just laughing about it before we started the episode because he does this goofy kind of dance and but then you know he, what? If, he does if, the if, most insane, like kill almost in the movie, not three minutes after you watch him do this goofy dance. Yeah. But you know, if you watch him do the dance, I really kind of, um, equated it with, it was a couple of years back it was real viral video thing of that oh, 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 oh guy that would say oh, like that the, Russian the dude throat throat yeah whatever that dude, dude yeah. was so but like so you watch that you watch some russian dance and entertainment and pop pop culture entertainment stuff like that and you go yeah that makes sense he's oh, it, dancing it looking like a nitwit the, the, the music the lights in this nightclub that they're in this Russian owned mafia owned nightclub. And you just go, yeah, of course that's how he dances. That makes yeah. perfectly good sense. It, like you said, it didn't, even though it was, it was funny and goofy and silly. It was not. It, was cartoony. Not, it wasn't it cartoony. Made, it made sense. And I like it that, think about it. that it kind of disarms you at first. Cause you're like, mm -hmm. uh, at, at first you're like, Oh, of course they're Russian. And yeah, then yeah. you're like, okay, this guy's kind of a goof. And then, that he actually ends up being like the ultimate badass Russian right. that you could ever want to mess with. So I like how it was written for that. I mean, I give all the credit to the writing and the directors and um, Bob Odenkirk very, very was good. even very pivotal, pivotal, pivotal. I can't say the word. He was important <laughs> in getting this movie made. Yeah, it, it, he wanted this movie made because Bob Odenkirk himself, IRL in real life, has dealt with two home invasions. Yep. And uh, the character Hutch Mansell, he, it, it all kind of kicks off because that happens in his home. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, you know, so he was very, like you said, very pivotal. That's the uh, word, pivotal. Movie made. pivotal. Um, yeah. yeah. So that. That's just some little backstory some on that. So just a real quick synopsis. I'll throw a real quick synopsis out here yeah, just so you can one. kind of follow with us. Again, last chance. If you haven't seen it, turn us off, come back. If yep. not, don't get mad at us. At this point, you can you can crank off. All right. So Hutch Mansell lives with his, his wife and two kids. He is the most run-of-the-mill, mundane, miserable, boring life kind of guy gets up you know makes his makes the coffee 
the wife takes half of it or most of it. It seems like he makes breakfast for the kids. His son doesn't really like the, like him a whole lot. Doesn't have a lot of you know respect for him. Mm-hmm. His little daughter does, which is cool. She but loves her he daddy. Loves her dad. He runs. He goes out. He runs. He does chin ups. He sees the thing of his wife. I guess she's a realtor. It looks like. Yeah. He and the wife are not getting along very well. They've been kind of frigid with each other for a long time. Uh, he goes to work at his father in law's. Uh, what is that fabrication it's shop a or something tool, a metal shop tool and die okay a tool uh, and die shop yep he goes there he is their uh accountant basically yes he is a he's an auditor for him it seems like mm-hmm. um see what i did there he like so it. he does that he clocks in he clocks out he goes home boom 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 over and over and over and over and he misses the trash on tuesdays yes and it, it keeps happening and happening and happening and happening Finally, he wakes up. There's a home invasion going on. It's it's two. Uh, it's a, a, ends up being a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, his son tackles one. He goes to to just beat the living bejesus out of both of them and stops. Um, and they basically they take off. They punch a kid. Again, it goes further down the tube of less, you know, of respect. And finally. You know, he he gets he's he's getting crap from his kid. He's getting some crap from his wife. He's getting crap from his neighbor. He's getting crap from his brother-in-law. The father-in-law is pretty cool with him. He's all right. The father-in-law, by the way, played by Michael Ironside. Yes, awesome. So, but everything's you know just crap sandwich for for Hutch. He finally snaps and decides he's going to go after him because he thinks they stole his daughter's kitty cat bracelet, as yep. you heard in the trailer. Yep. He goes, realizes that these people were just down their luck, they didn't mean no harm, and he he kind of he he lets them go. He walks away. Yeah, we find out that the reason he let him go is because while the 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 female had the gun pointed in his face, he saw it was empty. It was a yeah. Smith and Wesson. He could see the chambers were empty. He could see the barrels were empty. Yep. So he didn't take him out. This whole time though, he's also been talking to someone who is in hiding officially listed as dead. Yeah. And we find out that it's his brother, Harry played by Riza. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we don't seem we, we they're like two way radio back and forth with each other or he yeah, calls him or yeah, type of stuff. Uh, anyway, he, he goes and he talks to his dad played by Christopher Lloyd. Absolutely yes. love the fact that Christopher Lloyd was in this. So a happy. completely different look for Christopher Lloyd and and, and uh, style of character. I loved it. But his dad was an old FBI agent and a badass, and he raised Hutch and Harry. And you know, as you heard in the trailer again, he you know, are you, are you okay? You don't look okay. And Hutch is is having some issues with this whole thing, and he he looks at him. He goes, Hutchie, do you remember who you used to be? I do, you know, kind of thing. And and so he leaves and he decides he has to go back and get this, this, um, he, he has to find these people, track them down, get this bracelet back. And there's, uh, we didn't get a lot of audio from that, but he goes and talks to his dad at one time. He's getting his dad's old FBI, um, uh, credentials. He tells his dad, he says, I, there's something I got to do. And the dad goes, then you better go do it. And it just, you know, it very, you get the idea from these interactions of who Hutch really is on the inside, but you don't know still. Yeah. They, it's very, pretty cool, very subtle, but you're starting to understand. He's not just your run of the mill average father. Yeah. Yeah. 
So he goes and again, I, I'll, I'll speed up the synopsis and we'll come back to it. He goes, he uh, deals with that. He gets tangled up trying to protect a, a young girl from these Russian and other just scumbag Hooligan. broski hooligans out there being drunk and stupid in the process of doing that he's now got the main bad guy russian yulian uh after him now who is supposed to be the protector of the money that all of the russian mob basically feeds into as their retirement plan the obshack so the obshack thank you so he's now after them come after him and his family at that point hutch is like that's it the gloves are off goes after him fights him kills everybody yes <laughs> kills everybody takes over the warehouse macgyver's the hell out of that place kills everybody at this point now with the help of his brother harry and his father david yes christopher lloyd has a shotgun and he's shooting russians I'll play you a drop in a minute. That I love is, it. Mwah. I love it. And all hell breaks loose. He finally gets arrested and uh, he gets out of it. They start all over. And basically as they're at the end, he and his wife are now looking at a new house. The phone rings for the realtor. She walks up and goes, it's for you. And he grabs it and goes, yep. Okay. All right. Hangs up and goes, is there a basement? Because yeah. on the, the initial uh, raid on his family, there's a basement, a panic room, basically. <sighs> there that's you go synopsis that's 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 a pretty quick synopsis that was a quick synopsis it wasn't bad it wasn't no bad. we'll we'll go with it so uh, like we said as he is looking for uh the initial um home invaders yeah i guess why don't you lead into this th- this drop on a play and kind of because it's a real big scene it, it is and it it's kind of your aha moment um so, like Dan said, that he experienced a home invasion. What you don't realize is there's a reason he doesn't lash out at these people. He can tell they're desperate. He figured out that the gun was not loaded. It was actually a pretty shitty gun. It had electrical tape on the handle, all this other <laughs> stuff. I mean, yeah. and as he's telling his brother over the radio all this, because his brother's asking him, you you start putting the pieces together that, okay, he noticed all of that. He He is very observant of his surroundings so he does go to his dad's and you find out that christopher lloyd was an fbi agent there's a there's a revolver in there there's some money and some and he goes i got something to go do and he saw the uh, tattoo on the girl's wrist and you see him doodling that earlier in the movie too after the invasion um so he decides to go run around to tattoo parlors and he doesn't drive this entire time. He rides a bus. No, he has no vehicle. The The, the wife yeah. has like a minivan. She takes the kids to school. He has a Metro card. He rides a bus everywhere. Um, j- again, just this unassuming, normal, mundane. Vanilla ass dad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> completely. I'm And like Dan touched on a little bit there, th- they really drive home the monotony of his life. And to an extent, a lot of our lives, you know, not that it's all happening right now, but we all can understand that feeling from time to time. Uh, we, we really can, but, uh, it, uh, he, he goes out to find the kitty cat bracelet and he figures out, uh, or he finds a tattoo parlor 
and goes down to ask questions. And what you are inferred that he goes around to these tattoo parlors, flashing a badge, flashing some cash, and they give him a yes or no answer. Well, he gets to this one, and we're going to play the drop. And um, it uh, he flash he flashes the badge, and it doesn't doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. So while he's there, there's uh, two thugs, the guy behind the counter, and his old Vietnam vet. Yeah, sitting off to the side, and he pulls out this. You know, he pulls out the badge. They realize it doesn't work. And he pulls out a big wad of cash. Like, okay, I'm going to bribe you now to get this information because right. I see the tattoo here. You know who this is. Yeah. At that point, so uh, so that's the lead up. This is the drop. There are three types of people who, as you say, flash cheese. People who don't know any better, people who are seeking to intimidate, and people like me who wish with every fiber they're being that someone would try to take it from them. Uh, thank you for your service. You too, old timer. So what you didn't see and what you hear, what you didn't see was the old Vietnam vet, the old timer sees a tattoo on Hutch's wrist, recognizes it as a military tattoo and knows that he is the baddest MFR in the room. It's the two of clubs and seven of spades, spades. which is considered the death hand in uh, poker. Yeah. So he knows it's about to get real nasty says thank you for your service you hear him say you too old timer he goes in the back closes the panic room door locks all the locks as everyone's looking at him you can see him through like the peephole type thing he locks all the locks and then clink closes the door (laughs) slides the little peep slot and so the two big dudes that have like baseball bats (laughs) and the tattoo guy that owns the place are all just staring like what just happened and they realize if this guy left they need to change their attitude and give him the information he needs yeah the tattoo guy goes what can i do for you sir you know it's like instantly like at that point like i said it's very pivotal because you know now this is the point this is the point in the movie where you're like hutch is not just a soldier he wasn't just trained he is a badass he, he is something else that we don't find out yet but we out we now know that he is not someone to be messed with he he now realizes that the old time realizes if he would have stayed in there he would have been this Medic! <laughs> exactly actually you know what the, i think the old timer was yelling something right yeah yeah leave 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 <laughs> i had yeah. to i'm sorry I love it that drop about, too much. It was about to get <laughs> nasty. So, uh, Charlie, let's go ahead and take a quick break real, uh, real quick here. And uh, when we get back, we will now unleash Hutch yeah. on the rest of the episode. Give me back my action movies, the podcast. We'll be right back.
Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down, where twice a month we review monster movies from all corners of the planet. Join me, Sludge. And I was, went to watch it the other night, and she's like, why are you watching this? You can quote this movie line for line. That's very accurate. My co-host, Mark. Don't ask me to do a stomp down on this because it's zero. <laughs> okay, dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It, it, it's just, I'm like, wait a minute. They tricked me into watching this. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's what I felt like. like. As we give you the history, our review, and the stomp down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Killboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> As we drag Kathleen, Hear me. kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his times in the territories with PG-13 to his times in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major podcast formats. All right, we're back, Charlie. Thank you, uh, thank you for uh, indulging me and letting me do those live drops. That makes yep. editing so much more fun. No, whatever makes it easy, man. <laughs> whatever makes it easy. It it does. It makes things so much easier. So uh, when we left off, we were talking about Hutch. Now getting the information and going in and getting uh, basically, like I said, going to get the the bracelet back. Uh, in the process of all this, he still, you can see there's an inner fight within him. He was trying to just be a cool dude, but this killer is still in him. And uh, he's riding on a bus now, headed back home. No, you skipped something. Well, he, what, what, the, uh, the, the couple, the wall, what, the wall scene? We haven't talked even about him finding the couple. Well, he finds a couple. He tells them to give me the thing back. They don't have it. There's a baby crying. Eh, what, that, that part, who cares? You, they're eating ramen. Whatever. They're poor. They're poor ass people. Well, I'm just saying, like they're just some poor ass people. He realized that's what it was. They ain't got the bracelet. He 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 walks out. But he wanted a vengeance. So it's the point of it's you start finding out as the movie goes that. He's this darker character. Well, yeah, that, I said that. He's like, got a killer inside. No, just let me freaking get to it. He's got a big killer inside. Settle down, because I want to point something else out here that I liked yeah, about yeah. the movie. But anyway, he, he he finds the couple that that broke into the to his house, 
And like Dan said, they're, they're simple, they're poor, you know, they were desperate. The reason they're desperate is uh, he sees that they have a baby that's on oxygen in the Ready? room. There, that, yeah. I don't know if that was the right drop. Uh, but I know what I hit. He, I know you do. It, it, it hits him. Like, he was going for blood and revenge. These people were just trying to survive. So it he wasn't able to release all that anger and frustration. So he leaves and gets on the bus. And I, I say this because it's important to know why he does what he does next. Uh, and the thing I want to point out real quick is after the home invasion, I don't know if you saw it. You only watched it once. I've watched it like eight times. He, mm-hmm. he goes to sleeps in the basement after the home invasion. Mm-hmm. He walks past a movie poster hanging in the back of his man cave. And the movie poster is called A Touch of Evil. And that's pretty much what he is. He has a touch of evil, a very subtle kind of evil. Look, yeah, he is able to do things that others can't. He is capable of doing things that others can't. I think that's a very big distinction that he is. He's not just physically, but he is mentally and emotionally able to do things others can't yeah he can be very disconnected and as he describes later how what his job is was and how cold he is about it so i think it's important for the character and a to to realize bob um, other people are probably like who's bob odenkirk well if you've watched better call saul or the breaking (laughs) bad tv shows or from where I know him from, Mr. Show yeah. and Comedy Bang Bang. So I knew he, him as a comedian. Well, he is. He is a comedian and comedian writer. This is the first yeah. time he's ever tried to do action, and he nailed it. He, oh, yeah. He, but he makes you believe it. You feel the pain. You feel the frustration he's going through, and I, I'm sold. I mean, I was sold the second I watched this movie, and you know, the credits run, and I'm like, holy crap, I want to watch it again. Um, and again, I've probably seen, this is like my eighth time watching it, um, leading up to the show and it only came out on Blu-ray in June. So that's pretty high rewatchability in my house. Um, but anyway, he, uh, he, now he, he gets on a bus to go home and this is, uh, I'm trying to think of the right words to put it. I don't want to say beauty, this poetry in motion is the way they did this fight sequence inside this bus. Yes. I love it. I absolutely well, love this and, whole and fight it's, Again, I, I don't know if the, I'd have to look it up, if the fight choreographer is the same one from John Wick and such, but... It is. Is it? Okay. He, the way he sets up fights, one of the reasons I love this movie so much is that... Bob Odenkirk's character, Hutch, is a human being. He's a normal human being. Yes. He's in good shape, but he's probably, what, 50 in this movie, maybe? The character? I'm thinking he's like late 40s, 40s early 50s. 50, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So he's, you know, he he is, he he jogs, he runs, he you know, he's in good shape yeah. for his age and such, but he is still just a normal human being. He could be any of us. So... 
you know, but he's been highly trained. You know, he's like Batman. So, um, <laughs> so as he, you know, these, these idiots get on the bus, they start harassing people. They're going after this young girl that's on the bus. And he's like, Oh, thank you so much. He, he does an inner monologue where he's like, yes. I pray they get on this bus and they do. And he goes, okay. You know, you, you could see oh, he, like, he is, right, he, he's, he's almost drooling. He yeah. wants and, these and, guys to get on here because he knows they're trouble. Right. They literally and, 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 like drunk driving and wreck their SUV. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and they, and they get on the bus and he has a pistol with him. He has his dad's old service pistol yep. with him and he gets on there. And like you said in the trailer, he dumps out the, they're like, what are you going to do? Old man. He dumps out the, and there's what five of them. There's at least four. There are one, two, three, there's five. Yeah. The, the shorter guy is the fight coordinator, the okay. the darker skinned guy. Yeah. Uh, then the guy that gets his teeth completely broken out <laughs> is his, so is Bob Odenkirk's friend and trainer. Um, nice. I, I know his name. Let me just pull it up so I don't mess it up. Um, sure. It is Daniel Bernhardt. He okay. uh, he was the guy that did Bloodsport two and three when they didn't get Van Dam to come back. So oh, shame. this guy is, has lost. been in fight movies and martial art movies for years. He's a, he's also a fight coordinator. Um, and so they put everyone in the fight scene is someone Bob has had training with outside of the film. So it looked more natural. He, they didn't want to just throw someone in there. He's never seen or fought with some stunts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. like he was. They 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 did a really good job of making this work. And, and, and when he Bob you know, did all his own stunts. Oof. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He did. Do, yes, I did see that. He, he did everything that I think. I even think he's he gets thrown out of the window. I think that's yeah, him. He, yeah, he takes that bump. Yeah, yeah. So the thing in this this bus fight, it it. 99.9 percent of it takes place in the bus again he gets thrown yes. out the window for a second but he is fighting these these dudes and he's taking a whooping he's getting stabbed he's he's getting you know kicked and punched like i said he gets thrown out a window and everything mm-hmm. else but he it's almost like he's taking it easy on him at first they throw him out the window he gets up and kind of, you can kind of just see i get the vibe that he was just like all right good now we can really get this yeah now, it, now i can get things done it was because he, he gets stabbed before he goes out the window yep. but there's one key part of this whole fight that i love to death and it was at the is very it, beginning is it when he snaps off the uh the the post inside the bus and beats that dude to i death? do love that but what i he what i the bricks off that tool <laughs> What I appreciate, again, what you were talking about, that it's kind of like John Wick level realism. This isn't Mm -hmm. like a superhuman. When he goes to fight the first guy, he gets punched pretty hard and he slams his head into the sign thing behind the driver. Yep. And it dazes him for a second. So it's this moment of, I'm a badass and I'm going to kick all your asses. And then he gets his bell rung and he has this moment of, oh, shit. I am yeah, yeah. not this a young little, man anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right, <laughs> I'm too right. old for this shit, but he's just <laughs> ready to go. And you're right. He takes as much of a beating as the other guys in the first half. 
The second yeah. half changes when he changes tactic and starts using the knives that the guys have. Deadly force at this point because he was just whipping their ass yeah. at first. Well, and then the, they pulled a knife and stabbed him. He's like, oh, okay, that's how we're going to play? Yeah. All and, right, no and problem. then the last one that's still kind of moving tries to load his gun back up that yeah, he dumps and, out and drops, and that's when he grabs the freaking uh, handrail thing and whacks the, the metal. He, Takes a metal pipe to the windpipe to this dude. Yeah, he literally crushes his trachea and then does a tracheotomy with, with a, a straw, straw. To, yeah. because he's not there to kill him. And that's another character development <laughs> thing. <laughs> the one doesn't do so well. But he's yeah, still he's, alive, technically. He still has a pulse. <laughs> when I left, he was still alive. That's it. Uh, you know, so that all happens, and that's what brings forth now the Russian mob, because that ended up being the younger brother of the big bad. Yes. And they find out where he lives because he dropped his Metro card. Yeah. So they end up are able to track him back home. In the process of this, he gets a phone call from his brother going, hey, you need to find out about who this dude is. This dude's after you now. And, and Yeah, he he's like, him, he says, go, see, go see the barber, the barber. and yep. you start realizing there's this whole um, network. network of people, and he was a part of it because he has a pretty good interaction with the guy that runs it. The, he was the messenger in 300 that brought yes. the skulls of everyone. And then he, I know him, I think, from um, the second Gerard Butler Saving the President movie, uh, London Has Fallen. He okay. was like the, he, he led the uh, British uh, Secret Service, uh, whatever they were called. I, I know him M- from uh, MI6. MI6. So mm-hmm. he, when you see him, you're like, okay, I know who this guy is. Um, right. And so there's a, a whole interaction between the two of them. See, he, I know him from Punisher Warzone. Oh, that's right. He is in Punisher Warzone. He's the cop in Punisher Warzone. Oh, I totally forgot about that. He's well, he's the the I think he's a special agent or whatever, but yeah. He, he's the special agent. Yeah, you're right. right. But he's also in uh the original Resident Evil movie. It, is he in the first one or the second one? He's in Resident Evil two thousand and two. So he's the guy that gets cut up in the cubes. Yep. He's with the lasers. Yep. Yes. He was the head of the, the rainbow, uh, re, you know, recon rescue team or whatever. Umbrella. And then he was also an umbrella rather. Yeah. Yep. Um, he was also, uh, in alien versus predator. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, he's been, you'll, you'll, he's you'll, been, he's you'll been know in a bunch guy. of the movies that you no. will probably, yeah. You see him and you go, Oh yeah. that guy. Well, since you've said that, I've been trying to find yeah. the right time to, we have two, Give me back my action movie alumni in this yes. movie. And you, one you, them, you know one. Yes. Michael Ironside, yes. Michael Ironside from Starship Troopers. Um, do you have any idea who the second one is? I was looking at, and I was looking at the cast and I was thinking, originally I thought maybe it was Billy McLean, but you said no on that one. No. I thought maybe one of the Russians. Uh, you said no. So. Mm, well, it's not RZA. Um, no, we haven't done a RZA movie yet. So. <laughs> you know, we haven't done a RZA yet. Uh, and it's not no, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done Back to the Future, so uh, I don't know. Connie Who Nielsen. Okay, the, his wife in it. The wife. 
Yeah. All right. She, she did look somewhat familiar, but I couldn't place her. She is the wife of someone else on a movie we've done. Oh, uh, well, I'm now looking at her IMDb and I know what I know her from now. Yeah. Obviously, but well, most recently to... she's been in like the Wonder Woman movies, mm-hmm. but I, okay. she was, oh, she was Sandra and soldier. That's it. She was See, Mace's I, wife, Mace's wife and soldier. When I looked at this, I went, oh, she's the, 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 uh, Caesar's daughter and gladiator, uh, Caesar's sister. Well, the the original Caesar, and then walk, walk, yeah, then Phoenix takes over. So yes, the sister, the sister of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Phoenix, Joaquin, Phoenix's character. yeah, yeah, Walking Fish, yeah. So yeah, I, was, I know I looked at this. As I looked down with Gladiator. Uh, oh, that's who. She, of yep. course, duh. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, cool. I think it's kind of fun when we have little connections like that. And I and for her, I was like, because you're even Jackie sitting there watching it, and she's like, she looks so familiar. And I'm like, yeah, it's Sandra. Yeah. Sandra from Soldier and Jackie watched Soldier with me. She's like, "Oh my god, it is!" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." It was familiar enough that I was I saw her and I was like, "Okay, I know her from somewhere, but I can't place it." And it's it's whatever. And then when you said that, I was like, "Ah, it makes sense." Yeah, and she does a. It's a very minimal role, but uh, she nails it. She she Super plays important, it perfectly. Though. Super important. It yeah. is, and I read that the reason she said yes to a a, a low key character was that uh, she saw this movie having potential to have more sequels so it would be a continuation of her character as well if she's in it so i was like that's that's interesting i like that yeah 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 for sure and and i you said it i think they're they are working on one now they they are currently writing the the sequel i think this one did well enough thank god you know with all the stuff going on with covid and everything that uh they they got the right amount of numbers and the budget works for this it made them have to get creative mm-hmm. on how they shot things and what they actually did with it and where they shot and you can tell that when i watched the behind the scenes stuff that this was a passion project of everyone this was the director's passion project this was bob odenkirk's the writers everyone involved was a hundred percent in i mean even to the point where they got christopher lloyd to come in and do this i mean marty here's russians i i love first his first he had to deal with libyans now he's dealing with russians that's, well you know plutonium yeah. plutonium <laughs> that's true so uh, you know as the russians chasing him down and they're you know everything's going on you know i'll kind of uh, uh skip forward a little bit here yeah we don't have to go to the whole movie um, you know the, there's a basically there's a lot of really bad a- all right so there's a lot of really badass scenes in this movie. And it, of course, like you said, uh, like we said, very John Wick uh, esque. Um, you know, for those of you who've seen that, there yes. are some elements of like the raid, raid redemption oh, in yeah. this a little bit. You know, when they come after him and the family in the house, um, you know, there's, oh, let's see, probably t- 10. They take you know, three vehicles, uh, and yeah, so there's probably at least 10 to 12. Yeah, uh, people coming after him. Three survive. Yes. <laughs> and he lays waste to the rest of them. He, and He doesn't even use a gun till the last 
three. He, yeah, and he uses their guns on them. Yeah, it, he so he 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 has a a safe room. He puts yeah. his family in the basement, and that now that's this this revelation to the family that their dad is not who he seems. So he puts them in the basement. He flips down the light switch, and there's a keypad behind it. And he hits a few buttons, and he looks at him and goes, "Don't call nine one one." And not the door to the basement shuts, but this metal door, like pocket door, slides across and latches them in. So they're protected in this basement. And he kills the power to the house, and he grabs a baseball bat. Yeah, and just goes to work. He lays waste to these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseball bat kills. You got uh, cooking knife kills. Tea you kettle kill. Teapot kills. Um, and then various other neck snapping, neck snapping, and, using and then, then machine gunning, using one guy's machine gun against two of them for sure. Yeah. Two or All three while least, yeah. towards the end, he starts kind of throwing his own body into it. So he like gets up on the rails of the stairs with his feet on this guy's neck, breaking through the balusters yeah. to choke this dude to death. It's, so, it's... and then he, he breaks through that. He rolls down the steps. So, you know, he, and he shows pain. That's the other great oh, yeah. thing about this. It's like, Oh God, that hurt. And he stands up and he takes a taser to the neck. So they get the upper hand on him. Um, and they take him to the car. Cause, uh, Julian wants him alive. He, he finds out kind of who he is. So my guess is he wants to find out exactly who he is. He wants to interrogate him, you know, thinking he's probably higher ranking operative or something, trying to figure out something about the Obshack, which is, you know, the Russian 401k bank that he's in charge of yeah. watching. Um, and they, they take him in a car, throw him in the trunk. He comes to and messes these guys up with a fire extinguisher as he punches oh, yeah. through the back of the seat. And this is also the beginning of my favorite thing they do with him in this the running, movie. The running gag. The running gag yeah. Yeah. that every time he starts talking about his past, he's he talking monologuing to the bad guys. He's monologuing to the bad guys yeah. as they're dying. And before he's done talking, they die. Yeah. It happens he, like two or three times in this movie, and I adore. He just kind of goes, you know, it's it's pretty but good. You get the sense that he wants to talk about it, like he's he hasn't been able to talk about it in years, maybe other than to his brother. So he's like, long story short, or then sometimes he says short story long, and he starts talking about like why he does it and why he wanted to get out, and he turns and looks and. Usually the bad guy's dead, just yeah. bled out. And I, I, I crack up every time I see those parts. I, I love, there's the comedy of Bob Odenkirk right there. That was, that had to be his little throw in of, I need something that's funny without me telling there, a joke. There's a few funny lines in this. Uh, like, so as this is all going on, uh, they send, uh, two Russians to go get his old man father at the nursing home. Yeah. And they go in there and, and it's Christopher Lloyd and he's in this chair watching TV asleep with his, you know, his blanket up on him and or whatever. And 
They come in, they go to put a gun in his face, pull back the hammer. He opens his eyes, grabs the gun. So his finger is in between the hammer. So it can't fire. Yeah. He shoves his pinky <laughs> in the hammer. And then the, the guys are like, Oh shit. And all of a sudden he pulls up out of the blanket, a shotgun and, and just plugs both of them. <laughs> and, um, the night watch comes and checks on him and he sees the TVs up loud. He said, Oh, just turn that TV down. And they pan out and he's got the one by the face while he's like bleeding out, dying, basically keeping him quiet. He's like, yeah, he's got his hand over his mouth. No problem, Marty. And you know, and he leaves or whatever. Uh, so like, we know at this point, like, cause I'm watching this going, Oh man, they're going to go kill Christopher Lloyd. This is going to suck. I don't want this to happen. I'm going to be mad. And he just, he plugs him. It's great. I love it. Uh, and then, you know, so he de- he deals with that. He ends up, you know, doing all these other things, and and he ends up going. So uh, Charlie was saying this guy's dancing. This Russian's dancing at the club. Yeah. Well, as all of this is going down, he comes back and decides to burn all the money. Yeah. Uh, they attacked his house, so now yeah. It's, so he takes it personal. Yeah. He destroys all the money and everything else, and then as this is going on, this the Russian doesn't even know it's happening. He's dancing and singing and having a good time up on stage and looks down and Odenkirk's sitting in the middle of the room watching him eating, you know, a steak or whatever. He's yep. eating dinner. And you can see the look on his face like, you son of a bitch. And so God. he comes down afterwards, he comes down there and walks over to him and he, you know, and he's like, oh, you've got, you know, some nerve to be here. And Odenkirk's like, yeah, probably. And Ivan pulls guns. And the whole Kirk pulls up a napkin to wipe his mouth, and he's got a landmine sitting there, Claymore, the Claymore. Everybody, with his finger like on a pull tab. And they're all like, uh, and he goes, <laughs> yeah. So everyone leaves, and he tries to have a conversation with the Russian. He's like, look, we, we can just end this now. This, yeah. this doesn't have to go any further. We can call um, it even. We can call it even, Stevens. Everything's good. I'm going to take off. We're done. Yeah. And as he leaves, he's sitting in the car. He stole his neighbor's car in the process of all this. He's it. sitting in this car. What kind of car is it, Charlie? Uh, it was a 1972 Dodge Charger. I think I got the, the date right. But yeah, Charlie's uh, a car guy. so he It's knows. the car guy, but I'll tell, you, car. I'll tell you right now that the motor, they say, is not the motor that come in those. So I, I don't know what they were trying to get over on people, but they say it's like yeah, a 4.9. Yeah v8 and i'm like that's not even close yeah so he's got this badass muscle car and he's sitting in the car and he's looking through the rearview mirror and he's got his fingers crossed and he's like please come after me still please come after me still and they do the reason he wants him to come after him though is that he has bought his father-in-law's tool and die shop earlier in the movie he talks to his father earlier in the movie the brother-in-law is a real turd and i'm trying to be good he's a Uh, real turd and he's like he's like oh you need to protect my sister here's a gun and all this other stuff and and bobby kirk's like i don't want this gun he sticks in the freezer at work and yeah and he's getting to leave and the father-in-law owns a place and he's he's talking to him and 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 hutch is like i want to buy the place and he goes why he goes i want something of my own and he's i understand that but it's gonna be a really good offer yeah, this is, is like, all before everything's gone right. shit. Yeah, before everything's gone really downhill. And and Hutch is like, I understand that, whatever. And the father-in-law is pretty cool with him. He's he's actually, tre- he's like, I'm pulling for you. I, I know you're suffering through stuff or whatever it is. Yeah. But he's pretty cool about it. So between the time of him burning down all the money and such, he goes to a pinball machine and pulls out a secret 
compartment full of gold bricks, like minted U.S. gold bricks. Yeah. And he and he takes him to the place, and the son or the 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 brother-in-law sitting behind the desk. The father comes walking in there, and I'll actually play a drop for for you on this one. Here you go. I'm buying this place. What? That's my offer. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, hold on a minute. I get a say in this. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Pop, don't. We put our blood. Sweat and tears into this place. Johnny, sit your ass Listen down to your father. right now. Okay, okay, sit down, breathe, breathe deep, okay? There you go. That's it. But what am I going to do? I don't give a shit. Deal. Now get out of here. Oh, I love that so, scene so, so much. Uh, this guy who's supposed to be, I'm a badass. I was in the army. I'm a badass. He He's whining about like, but dad, this was supposed to be mine. And he takes a poke at Odenkirk. Odenkirk obviously drills him right in the solar plexus. He can't breathe. Yeah. He just made him like a, just, I, I absolutely love this because I love these little stubby wiener having tough guys in the world Mm -hmm. that think that they're just the baddest ass on the planet and all you are a lot of mouth really good just a lot of mouth good here there's another there's another movie that quotes uh uh, shoot him up oh yeah about having a gun and yeah, what, you know that's what these guys are. I just watched if that you, the other day. <laughs> oh no! The, oh, that is the that movie. I remember after watching it, calling Charlie, going, "This movie is exactly what it said it is." Yeah. Anyway, the fact that this kid now is just a whiny little little turd, and he gets stomped out. It basically, he just one shot. Boom! You're done. You're you're nothing to me. You thought I was the weak piece of garbage this whole time. Yeah. You were insignificant i absolutely love that scene with every bit of my fiber well um, what, what you're gonna find then so is... he bu- yeah so he buys that facility and yeah. and macgyver's it up we'll get to that in a second but, but anyway, on, yes, on on that same thought you're on so in watching this multiple times you start picking up on things so earlier in the movie the bob odenkirk's son hutch's son is like i need to interview someone that was a veteran, a veteran. Can I just he interview? Have, he, he should have interviewed Michael Ironside. I mean, he was a veteran. Well, that's, that's why he he was a teacher. He goes. He, he got killed by a bug. Yeah, he was. So <laughs> he he um he you know Bob Odenkirk goes. Well, you can interview me, but I was just an auditor. That's when we first hear the word auditor. And then he goes, "Why don't you ask your?" Or his wife goes, "Why don't you ask your uncle Charlie, which is her brother?" He was a real soldier and she says that and bob odenkirk turns like did you just say that and she kind of stops herself going i didn't mean that and so his retort is why don't you go talk to grandpa he actually saw action so he backhand compliments his brother-in-law as he never saw action he just served so it was go talk to your grandpa he actually saw action and right. when you watch that again, you're like, oh, that was another dig. And yeah, this guy is this macho bravado. I served and all this other stuff. 
And don't get me wrong, we don't have any thoughts of anyone that served, but there are certain types that are like, that's their life. That's what they portray. That's how they're, that's. Yeah, and, and like once the sister, once they have the home invasion and he didn't actually beat anybody up, he's like, you got to protect my sister. Here's a gun. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Hutch is like, Hutch is like, I could have killed everyone. I could have snapped their heads off. I could have shoved one head up the other one's ass. <laughs> I can, and then I can come find you and shove your head up their asses too. If I wanted to, he grabs the gun and throws it like in an old pizza box in the freezer. He's like, get away from me. You little turd. I feel like you I've get, seen that movie such or something. Foe, I love that. I, I just, Oh, hate people like that. Um, but anyway, we'll, so, quit, we'll quit going backwards in the movies. So. Anyway, yeah, so that happened. So now he's leading them all back to this facility that, like I said, again, he has MacGyvered and A-teamed the hell out of this place. Yeah. He has rigged uh, explosive uh, grenades in the stairwell. Yep, he a bouncing Betty rigged... that we learned about and blown away. That's right. <laughs> he puts a grenade on a hydraulic press that just, just needs to be turned on to go. Uh, he rigs some in the walls. My personal favorite is he has air compressors lined up with tubes that he fills with iron spikes, rebar, rebar spikes. So that when he hits that, they fire off all of the a team <laughs> and impale bad guys. I love the love sh- that one. I love the shotgun shells wired to the walls. Yes. That's and good. And to the peep hole to the door. I love everything he does in this. So he's there and the Russian shows up with, I don't know, 30 people, maybe all with machine guns. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he takes a shot to the shoulder, nothing big, but he's hiding behind the car and he's, he's, you know, and he's like, Oh, okay. Oh, this wasn't what I planned, but here we go. Yeah, exactly. And what happens is now the window gets kicked open and his brother's up there sniping people. Rizza. Yeah, Rizza just sniping people. He's like, remember what I said? I wasn't going to save your ass? Well, here I am. <laughs> and he's sniping people. And then he realizes, and then the door kicks open, and his dad steps out with shotguns and starts shooting them, too. And he's like, Dad? And he's like, ha, ha. And he's having a blast shooting these bad guys. He's Christopher having a, Lloyd a has time. the biggest smile this entire segment of the movie. Just loves it. And then, so he has a moment as they're now running back into the thing. Again, here's some more comedy between... Bob Odenkirk, comedian. Uh, Lloyd, old school comedian. Love this. Wow. You brought a lot of shotguns. You brought a lot of rustlers. Because <laughs> he's literally got like seven shotguns strapped around his neck hanging there. And he's just like, you brought a lot of rustlers. They, they wanted to show. So good. They wanted to show that his dad had like wisdom. It wasn't yeah. like he was just this running gun. So their idea was. Why would you constantly reload a shotgun? It just carry several shotguns. And he does. And it's it's like, I love it too, because I love it too, because obviously Christopher Lloyd is seventies or eighties. Yeah. He's up there. The character he plays is probably the same age. Same age. He's old school. He had a revolver. He had a six shooter revolver. He's got shotguns with him. He's not using machine guns. He's not using sniper rifles. He's not using automatics. He was an old school kind of guy. Pistol, shotgun, job done. I love it. And that's what he carried into this battle. And I love it so much. There is, you know, between all this stuff, the MacGyver uh, Home Alone kills going on, 
the regular machine gun attack kills. There's some hand to hand work in there. There's one scene with Riza where he's like I say, he's a badass sniper. He shoots yeah. three dudes in the head at once. Yep. Awesome. But he gets hand to hand going with this sniper rifle. And he jacks the dude in the eye with it, basically, and then twists the rifle so he can take the silencer off, pull it away, and now he's still using it as a baton and yeah. a gun. He's got, like, a silencer, but Billy Billy Club. Yeah. Cracking it's, heads. He, it's he also, so awesome. my favorite whole segment of him doing that was he's fighting the one guy and holding him back. He You watch him really quickly. He It's a bolt-action sniper rifle, and he reloads the gun in the fight flips it behind his head yep. shoots the guy behind him and the recoil butts the other dude into the nose and knocks that dude out i'm it's like such a cool move yeah i it sounds cartoony but it works and it's i such a cool love spot. it so much such a cool spot so you know as this is all going down obviously uh, the three of them end up behind some machinery they're all out of ammo yep. the only guy left is the big bad and he's coming at him with his machine gun. He's like, that's it. You're done. And everyone's like, we're out of bullets. Odenkirk somehow has a ballistic shield with him, a clear it, ballistic shield. It's for the, he's in a tool and die company. So the CNC machine has ballistic glass that in case, okay. in case a tool or whatever you're cutting explodes pops. or pops. Yeah. They legit, this is, this is the realism this movie has. The legitimacy of it. There is a reason for everything he uses to be there, including this blast shield. Well, he's got it and he tapes that Claymore Claymore. line to the front of it, which as if anyone knows Claymore point front towards enemy because it blasts forward. It's printed right on the front of it. Right. So he now has this tape to the front of the shield He's going at the Russian as the Russian's shooting at him. The shield's taking the bullets. He pulls the trigger on this thing, blasts the Russian, kills him, obviously, blasts himself backwards because of the, the kickback. Yeah. And that's how they end up beating the big bad. I've never, ever once seen that no. in a movie. I've I, never seen someone tape a mine to a thing and blast. I have seen people get took out by a Claymore in movies, not real life. Um, but this was so unique. And that's what I love about this movie. And it's probably the most graphic kill we see. Yeah, he's laying there. He's all shredded out. And I'm just. it's ball bearings and stuff. I'm going to say he would be hamburger meat compared to what they showed. Yeah, it's. But his face is like half ripped off. It's. it's, It's it's pretty good. It's bloody goodness. And, you know. (laughs) What, what. All it's, we can keep great. saying is go watch this movie. So uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, go ahead and finish it and then I'll get into no, what I, I would, want. To say. Uh, yeah. So I was just saying, so basically at the end now, the cops are coming. He tells the other two to dip off. He's going to take care of it because this whole time he knows he is such a high level classified government agent that he's, he's fine. fine. Yeah. He's going to be fine. He makes a phone call before they get there. Obviously, you know, oh, you he calls his wife, he calls his wife. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, and then he finds out that there's a cat in the ductwork that his daughter said she wanted a cat. So he gets this cat, puts in the thing, mm-hmm. and he goes on. And then at the end, we see him sitting in the interrogation room, which is kind of how the movie starts. Yeah, we skip that part, but, but it starts with him but, sitting in yeah. interrogation and ends with him in interrogation. So he's in there, and and the 
at this point, you know, the cops, the two cops are sitting there and they're looking at him and they're, I, th- to me, it seems like they're cops from different agencies. It like did one's look a like cop, that, one's, one's FB, one CIA or ATF or DEA or something. You they know, don't look FBI. the same, you know? No. And they're sitting there and, <laughs> uh, they okay, so I'll play the drop first because it's linear. They ask him um, a question. Me. Okay, so they ask him. I, I thought it was a couple before this. They oh. ask him. The 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 lady finally goes, "Who the f are you?" Me. Me. Um. Nobody. He's nobody because. Yeah. As classified, his code name was nobody. Yeah, she even goes that out the beginning that uh, that's not very much, and he looks at her and goes, "It's enough." Yeah, and then they both get a her phone. phone her phone rings, and then the other guy's phone ring, and they both pull him up. They're like, "Yeah," and they both go, "I understand," and they hang him up, and they look at each other for a minute, and they look at him, and he just sit, and he just sitting there feeding this cat some tuna that he brought with him. Yeah, in handcuffs not giving a single solitary F <laughs> not even worried, not even breaking a sweat, not even he's still bloodied from the fight and everything. Yeah. He's he just, care. this is normal for yeah. him. He's, he's finally, he finally feels normal again. Yeah. You know, he, and there's he, a, he, and there's he let a that little bit about, of evil out. There's a whole thing where the reason he's doing this normally now is because he was sent to go eliminate somebody. This guy, legitimately was remorseful just wanted to live a regular life he goes and checks on him later and finds out that's what he's doing yeah the guy said hey he 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 knew he screwed up he really was regretful just wanted to and was and hutch was like that's what i want yeah and that's what he tried to do well but he, he did it successfully he did it successful for a number of years yeah it was just grating on him it was, but it does show you that there's something inside. If there's something inside somebody, eventually the got, animal will break come free. Out. Charlie, what'd you want to, would you want to, well, I, I, I want, I, I decided that I wanted to wait till we were done. Cause now we're pretty much done with the movie. It ends with uh, him and his wife buying a house and, yep. uh, they're trying to rebuild and it it's, really gets a phone call for him. <laughs> yeah. It, it's this like pseudo setup for hopefully a sequel. I, I pray we get a sequel. Um, and before I do it, go ahead and play the post credit. Yeah. It's a post credit scene. Yeah. So it's, it's set up his pops and, um, Rizzo. his brother played by Reza are in a Winnebago basically headed down, down the coast somewhere. Was three guys, Pops. Three. Really? I still don't believe it. Well, it still happened. Why can't we just fly there? With this luggage? the whole back of the winnebago is full of firearms every weapon you can (laughs) not just little hunting rifles or anything i mean these are machine guns and military grade (laughs) firearms in the back and they just have a laugh with each other they're just chuckling so So, all right well that that, that's our movie so i i wanted to make sure we left enough time to doing picking this movie 
and what we've talked about since I started the group and we've started this podcast was the give me back. And then we talked about, we wanted to show a spotlight on movies that did that. And this is for sure. One of them, this movie gave us that every man hero kind of feel that we would get from like die hard and Oh yeah, uh, speed with Keanu Reeves, Beverly Hills Cop, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, um, you know, and it, that also that little bit of this un- underlying badass. So you almost kind of get this Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando, where yeah, he's the, yep. the family man who's trying to just live a simple life and gets put into a situation where he has to rely on his training and his preparedness. And this is the movies I really, really wanted to be made again. This is the personification of giving me back those action movies that I've asked Hollywood for for years. Not saying we haven't gotten a handful of them, but this came out, it should have come out a couple of years ago, but we this came out in 2021. Yeah. And this movie, when I first watched it, it was nothing but a straight adrenaline rush for me when i watched this movie uh yeah yeah i could sure. i couldn't sit still there i'm there's scenes in this movie where i'm so happy and ecstatic that there's literal tears in my eyes that i'm just like when he gets in that car that he steals from his neighbor and kicks on the cassette player and it starts playing that music and then it turns into that car chase once the russians decide to go after him Oh, the car chase scene I, yeah the car chase scene is really that is good. that was straight classic action movies you can tell that the director the writers everyone involved love the movies that we love and want more of and i just wanted to take a moment to just point that out that you know we love our old school action movies but man i want to elevate the ones that pay homage and do it right and this is one of them yeah like so the modern movies again like charlie said there are they are they are out there they aren't the same it's not the same summer blockbuster as uh you know when terminator 2 came out or the summer blockbuster that was like i don't know like uh top gun or or some of these other big hollywood movies Mm -hmm. that were action-centric Back then, in the 80s and the 90s, that sold a lot of... I put a lot of butts in seats in theaters. It did. Nowadays, it just it doesn't as much. So, Hollywood doesn't make these movies as often, or these, right. these style. Now, you said there's a handful of them. Yes, this, The Wicks, uh, like I said, The Raid, Raid Redemption. Yep. Um, well, uh, everything uh, that we're getting yeah, from there, um, yeah, there's a Michael Jai White those. that's doing... And yeah. Scott Adkins is, I mean, there are guys out there doing it now. And obviously the expendable stuff like that. They're, yeah. they're out there, but you know, this one here, like I said, you brought this one to me. I didn't really know anything about it. I loved it. It, it you know, talking about music real quick, the soundtrack of this movie is very, I think very good, very fitting. It's got, uh, you were talking about Pat Benatar heartbreakers when he turns on. Yeah, he turns on heartbreakers, and Um, God, it fits so well with that car Don't let me be misunderstood by Nina Simone. 
Um, you've got uh, uh oh, geez, oh, Peach, you've got uh, they play. I've it's- got it. I I've got to be me. You know, uh, the old uh Sinatra yeah uh style stuff. You well, know, they they play the um, I uh, it's not easy being green. Don't they play that during the fire when he burns? Or what well, is, I, think, I think that's when they're playing uh, I Gotta Be Me, but yeah, I know. No, the, the, the soul, I, I wish I could think of the guys that sung it. I don't know which one it was. Uh, I'll look. You just keep well, going. They, well, they play stuff like Straighten Up and Fly Right, The Impossible Dream. I think maybe that's what it is by Andy Williams. No, that's not it. All right. Well, I know they, keep, they play that going. one in here, too. They play that. They play stuff like I Told Myself a Lie. They, you know, so all the songs really mirror what's going on with him. what a like, wonderful you know, world wonderful world yes yeah. yeah they play that they play like i said uh you know i told myself a lot all these things impossible dream because this is what he wants and even after years of successfully having it he can't hold on to it he can't keep it he still has to be who he is to me that's that's an underlying you know, another version of this thing that we see, you know, it, it really, again, shows what, you know, Hey, this is, that's who he is. You get this moment where he, you as a viewer, see his realization that somewhere along this line, what he thought he wanted has gone awry. He has the family. He has a beautiful wife. He has a, an excellent job. He has a, a, a beautiful house. I don't yeah, know how excellent that job is, but yeah. Uh, he works for family. He can. Yeah. Did you see his office that he's drinking bourbon in and listening yeah, to just, his? He just basically he just punches numbers. In a but computer. he's punching. But I, but, I, but I get your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But underneath that, my son doesn't respect me. My wife is just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole opening of the movie was not just Monday through Friday. They do it over the course of like months. They yeah. just flip, 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 flip. And it's just He's the same exist- routine. Existing is all it is. He's right. not living. It's like being mm-hmm. trapped in a cage. So mm-hmm. we're kind of watching this caged animal see that crack in the cage, you know, and that, right. that moment right. of freedom that he, 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 he knows he shouldn't. Like when the brother puts the gun in his hand, you know, saying you need to protect my sister. He grips that gun like he knows oh, yeah. what he's doing. I, and that was another thing I loved is how haphazard the brother is with the gun. The safety's not on in anything. And when he shoves <laughs> it in Hutch's chest, if you notice how Hutch grabs the gun, fingers away from the trigger, the, yep. his fingers are spread out over it to control tight to the body. And as the brother leaves and then he grips it when no one's around, like, I know this feeling. I remember this. Almost yeah, like this feels good, and then yeah, he throws a it lot in the of freezer. little things, a lot of little things like that. Yes. Um, the other thing I do want to mention real quick about this movie, and just looking at box office numbers and stuff like this, this was one of those. Um, yeah, it was out in theaters, but it was also you know quick to video, home video, quick to on demand yeah. video services and stuff. You know, I think that's what made it the money i think that's what made the money for is the on-demand and the video side of things so to me it shows that that formula can work we are in a hybrid situation now where theaters 
are what they are. Mm-hmm. Some people will, will, will go to them. Some people won't go to them. But films can still be made. They can still be very viable. You know, I, I, for example, we watched Jungle Cruise at home. Mm-hmm. Paid 30 bucks and watched it at home. And people go, that's stupid. We go, well, we would have pay, spent that anyway at the theater. But if you look at it, it's actually smarter for the 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 production companies because, okay, we spend $15, $18, $20, whatever it is, on tickets on the theater. That goes to them. But they also got to split some, some of that cost with the theater itself. The other 10 or 15 bucks goes to concessions and stuff. This way... They get it all, <laughs> you yeah. know, we spend the 30 at home. They get it all, yeah. you know, uh, the other thing I will mention there real quick is this reminds me that I have to see wrath of man still. Uh, uh, I sent you that digital too, didn't I? Yeah. I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But Jason Statham, Guy Ritchie again, team oh, up yeah. again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. L- one of my all time, all time favorite movies, period, regardless of genre is snatch. I love snatch. Action, comedy, just brilliant, beautiful. One of my all-time favorite movies, period, ever. If you haven't seen it, go see that. Well, it's like Guy Ritchie pretty so much good, so. started Jason Statham's career with like yeah, Lock, so, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, snatch. Yeah, please give me more Guy Ritchie and Jason Statham. I want to watch that one really bad. I just want to throw so, it out there because... It kind of popped up on my screen here. I, just, I want to just point out one That's more it. thing, and then we can get to our final stuff is... I think the other reason this movie grabbed me so much was this felt like a smaller production company, which it is. I mean, it was distributed by Universal. Right. right. But it had that feel that we would get from those canon movies that they would just put put out a movie and then boom, it's in theaters. And, you know, it may not have been in theaters very long, but they relied on VHS rentals to make all their money. This yeah, has you didn't, that you didn't get kinda, that huge media blitz. Right. Yeah. This, this yeah, had that kind of underground feel. And it really does feel that way because when I'm talking like to you or other people, I'm like, have you seen nobody? No, I haven't seen that. Like, I, I was just talking to Pete today and I, I told him what the movie was and he goes, I haven't seen it yet. And I said, well, watch it before you listen to us. He yeah. goes, yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah. I'm like, so there's more people that are like, no, I haven't. I've either heard of it or I've never watched it. And I'll be honest. I was like that with John Wick. I didn't watch the first John Wick till it was already on DVD for like a year. I, I, watched, had, I watched the first John Wick last year. Oh, I know you did. Because after that was one after I watched it, I kept telling you about it. And you're like, oh, I'll get to it. Yeah. And after I watched it, I was like, I got to watch the other <laughs> ones now. You know, phenomenal. Yeah. So I've now learned that I need to at least try it when I see these movies. I, I need to at least give them a shot to watch. They're not all going to be winners. They're not all going to be nobody. They're not all going to be John Wick. That's but true. man, when these pop up, it's so worth it. But yeah, all right, man. Uh, yes. Let's uh, so so good. Let's let's do our things. Our things. Well, let's see. That means this. Yeah. All right, Charlie. This was a lot bigger win than uh, Predator. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what do you got for us, bud? Uh, this one is surprising actually for the type of movie it is, is 77 on the body count. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. And you know, you go through and you're like, yeah, there was, uh, you know, like you said, almost 30 people at the warehouse. We were counting like 12 that attacked his house. We left out everyone he killed when he went to burn the Obshack money. He eliminates yeah. everyone in there. Then everyone he kills during the car chase. I, this guy is a one-man killing machine. Well, and, not to mention that um, uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd had 15 of his yeah, own. Yeah, we count, it, was, it was said there was 15 of his. And, you know, however <laughs> many RZA did. And no good guy dies in this. Uh, no. he, he takes a shot and RZA takes a shot. And the sun gets punched. Everyone else that dies is a bad Russian. Send, um, send the send the fans home happy, man. So body count is seventy seven and seventy seven glorious seventy seven. Hey, by the way, while you're doing that, I was just perusing the old I am a D Bizzle for uh, Collins uh, Salmon, uh, the guy that was in Punisher Warzone and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for some reason, I was thinking that he was in John Wick, like at the hotel or something. No, he's not the Maitre D guy. No, I was thinking for some reason. Uh, but he was in a lot of the James Bond movies. The, the, the more the recent ones. He's the Robinson. Daniel Craig. Yeah, he's Robinson, and like the world is not enough. Tomorrow never dies. Uh, oh, those uh, aren't the uh, Daniel Craig ones. Those no, are those the are the Pierce Brosnan. Um, Pierce Brosnan, yeah, he's in a lot of those. Oh, okay, yeah. I need to revisit those. Yeah, I've seen them all, but you know, it's not been on my like rewatch list. <laughs> I've yeah, watched, yeah, I've probably watched the Daniel Craig ones more because I, I, I re- other than Quantum of Solace, didn't really grab me. I think I've only seen yeah. it like twice. Um, Spectre, though, I was just telling you about Spectre. Spectre, yeah, I need to day. watch that one still. Love that one. Um, I, you know, I love James Bond, but I'm still a, a Connery and Roger Moore. Oh, hundred percent. There's, there's no comparison. This is just a modern bond and I'm okay with Daniel Craig. He just kind of plays this smarmy badass and I I dig it. It works. He's he's fine. Yeah. I, I I do prefer my Connery and, you know, I love my Dalton. I love, you know, (laughs) at least he's not Lazarby. This is true. Yeah. (laughs) You're not wrong about that. All right, Charlie, let's go to the new and improved, still no music. Um, I meant to tell you what I wanted to do for that. Dang it, I forgot. All right, well, well, tell me after we're done here. I'll tell you after we're done. All right, so I have an idea, too, so we're we're working out. Okay. Ali Ong scale, Charlie, 1 to 10, the new and improved revamped Ali Ong scale. So this one was actually kind of difficult, and it's one of those reasons I think we went to the 10 scale now. Yeah. there's really nothing about this movie I don't like. There's really not. I, I don't think I could find one thing that I'm like, eh, I wish they hadn't done that. Because sure. everything okay. fits. Everything just meshes. But I'm going to have to do it at, I think, a solid nine. Um, And it's because I think, because it came after the John Wicks, there is that little bit in the back of your mind going, yeah, that was very John Wick. And they don't hide that. They, you know, no, the writer no, and directors that, know, know, know what mm-hmm. they're doing. Honestly, they could almost be in the same universe. 
and it very well could be. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me if they tried to do that. You know, John Wick being on the side of the the underbelly of society, and right. Hutch worked for the agencies, so it could totally work. Um, but I, I do still kind of hold John Wick higher than what I would at this. So I want to say a solid nine Allianz. Whoa! Did you, just t- uh, did you attack your microphone or something? My finger hit my little shield thing behind it. Did you try to hutch that microphone? That's right, man. I, I tried to, the hutch touch. That's a <laughs> fanboys uh, reference. Jeez, old Pete. <laughs> All right, so oh, let me think here for a second. I this is difficult. Well, like I said, going into it, I'm like, oh, this better be good. Bob Bonekirk, he's he's a comedian. What's this going to be? And 20 minutes into it, I'm, I'm locked in. This movie had a lot of, again, like I said, the Frank Castle kind of um, emotional vibes of you attacked my family. Yeah. That is off the table. Yeah. You know, he, you know, when he says something to him, like you came to my house, you attacked my family. You don't do that that's a big thing. So that resonates with me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. The fact that he is getting older, but can still handle things when he needs to occasionally. Yes. I know everyone, all, all of you and my friends make fun of me for being the oldest 45 year old on the planet. You really are, uh, but you know, I'm only not, 41. Hey. So we're not that far apart. I, I quote one of my one of my heroes. It's not the years; it's, it's the, mileage. the mileage. Um, you know, and then watching it, going, this is this is believable to me. I mm-hmm. like you said. I liked. Don't get me wrong. I have the nostalgia feel for Rambo, and I have a nostalgia feel for uh, Commando, and yeah. and those movies. Mm-hmm. You know, the big super hulking. You know, I'm a bear. Yeah, I get it, but. The ones that I always liked better were the people you could believe. Like, that is just a regular guy who's been trained to do what he's got to do. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Die Hard, uh, Tango and Cash, even though it's Stallone, it's still, they're yeah. just cops still. Last Boy Scout. Uh, Last Boy Scout, yes, love it. You know, things like that, those are the ones that I always uh, leaned more towards. The more gritty, the more dirty, the mm-hmm. more... F U F this, uh, you know, kiss my a, the, the, all these things. I leaned towards that more. So this movie really did hit on a lot of, um, the, the, the notes for me that I, that I yeah. wanted the Dan, um, check and the, and the, the Dan checkbox. And then I get Christopher Lloyd shotgunning Russians, mm-hmm. uh, and Riza, uh, sniping people. Michael, uh, a big Wilford Brimley looking Michael Ironside. I know. Uh, which, and I get, um, you know, a, a squishy ball having a little turd boy getting punched too. I like that. Made me happy too. So with all that being said, I'm going to give it a solid nine as well. Fantastic. I think I, I, I worked in my head going, how much do I love this movie? I've only seen it once, but I want to see it again already. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it enough to go, yeah, nine and a half, ten, whatever. I, I haven't done that yet. But I have though. As so I, that, as that I, goes a ways, you know. Well, and I go, is it is it that good to be a nine? Let me think. 
and I thought about it. I was like, what other movies? John Wick. John Wick. Nine and a half. Easily. Nine. It's right up in there. Yep. No problem. Okay. Uh, The way it was put together. Yeah. No problem there. The soundtrack adding that underlying, um, you know, uh, emotional connection. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yep. That's there. And I was like, I can't, I don't want to bring it down any further than nine. Maybe eight and a half would be a stretch for it back down, I guess. But I can't, I can't think of one thing that knocks it a half a point for me. You know what I mean? There's not one thing I could go. Ah, but if you have done this differently. Yeah. I, I just, I can't, like I said, I I've got that, that, you know, a lot of it's at night, but you can see it. Oh yeah. You can actually see it at night. Thank you for the love of all that is holy. Thank you for that. The fighting in the upshank or upstart or whatever the hell it was called and, and dealing with the money and stuff. That was that had a lot of feels of matrix had a lot of feels of, and not the jumping you know, and flipping around, just the no, gunfire, just the gunfire, the and fight. they slowed it down. Yeah. It just, you it was practi- action. You could appreciate the action. It, it was practical action. When the car flips, good. they flipped a car the old yeah, school way with nitrogen and, and the damage that's done and stuff. I guess the only stretch maybe was him ripping that safety stanchion on the bus. It was broken already, but it was already broken. So that's what I'm saying. Like I could go, all right, he's adrenaline fueled. He's pissed. We've off. been on buses it's and seen that maybe yeah. the bolt was missing out of it. You saw the seat collapse too, when he fell on it, you I know, saw, I, well, I once saw the, uh, the box that a fire extinguisher go was in the door <laughs> smash into a concrete pillar and um, explode. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> I, I, I think the statute of limitations is over. I'm pretty uh, sure it is. <laughs> but, you know, so, yeah, I'm I'm going to give it a nine. Awesome. I've rambled I, enough. I, I No, it's just solid. Uh, again, I think where the only thing this one doesn't have going for it would be the nostalgia we feel for the older movies. But Yeah, but you know what? Man, that's this fine. one. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's fine. That's why we wanted to do a newer movie. It was yep. time. This one hit all the notes. It deserved to be first because of its rawness. And I, I and I hadn't been thinking much about the whole canon type of filming till now when we were just talking. And I'm like, yeah, that actually makes sense. This mm-hmm. the way that it was a cheaper yeah. budget. Yeah. It was not a lot of high profile actors that demand no. a huge paycheck. Right, and you had directors and actors that loved it as a passion project, and it came through. And I love every second. Please, folks, go out and see this movie if you haven't. Go yet. buy it. Please support these guys that are doing this without hundreds of millions of dollars. And when you buy it, then send the digital code to a friend of yours who exactly what I did. Buy the Blu-ray. You get a Blu-ray, a DVD, and the digital. That's yes. three people enjoying the movie on, you know, 15 bucks. That's right. And it was fantastic. All right. You ah, have heard. Yep, we're good. <clears throat> All right, here we go. My throat's getting dry. My throat's getting sore. It's late. Ready? I know. At this point, we get to the point where we like to thank folks. We're going to thank uh, a couple folks today. We're going to f- thank the Mountain Empire Comics and Johnson City, Tennessee and Bristol, Tennessee. Diane, Rob, and the whole gang. Check them out on Facebook. Uh, they will ship you some comics, I think Diane said once when I asked her. Yep. 
Um, I have to call her. I want some stuff. Yeah, you do. And uh, Poster Smash, check them out. They are in the group. If you like their stuff, let them know. Facebook, like Instagram. Stuff. There it is. Check out our stuff on Facebook and Instagram. Charlie runs the Instagram. Uh, the Facebook group is how many people is in there now? Over 300. Uh, we are uh, the action ones, two people away from 400. Okay. So check that out. If you like action movies, if you like any kind of movies, especially the older ones, if you want to get in there and call us all idiots, that's fine too. Yeah, whatever. Go ahead. We'll let you but in. Get in there. Find other people that like these things and help build the community. It's getting bigger. It's getting better it is. on the community side. It's getting bigger on our side. And we don't mean our, our belts. No, that's already huge. Yeah. But um, not yours. You don't have any ass to hold yours up with. But Seriously, it's like the third episode we've brought this up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a running gag now. Uh, uh, but check us out on the Facebook. You can send us an email at... Pete, say it along with me, G-M-B-M-A-M-P-O-D at gmail.com. Check out the Instagram. Get a hold of us. Let us know what you thought about this episode, any of the other episodes, episodes you might want us to cover, and be there because you're now going to be the first in the know with the expansion project that we are in the middle of. Yes. Uh, I don't know how much we're going to necessarily tell you. We will tell you that there is going to be a Give Me Back My Horror Movies if you listen to uh, last week, yes, there is. you will hear uh, that's going to be helmed by Charlie and Nate. Mm-hmm. They have decided on the first movie. They are getting ready to start recording the first episode here really soon. Yep. It'll uh, we'll announce it, but it will be dropping yeah. in September. So get on board with that. That's going to be awesome. There are big things afoot right now things that we charlie and i talked about months ago and year ago Mm -hmm. um and it's things are starting to line up so get on board with us now be the first to hear be the first to know you know get on board we're not quite ready to announce but no but but part of it has something to do with the commercials you heard earlier yes we have friends in the podcast world now. One of them, of course, being the uh, the good, be bad movie night people with Pete Sludge Cast with Sludge and the gang, and uh, Live and in Living Color with Wolfie D and yep. Jimmy Street. Yep. Keep their names in your head, folks. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Well, that's our te- their- that's our teaser trailer for tonight. Keep their heads and not just that. We've got a few other things. Yes, we've got some stuff. Around. Mostly air, but we've got some things <laughs> rattling around in our heads. Yes. I got a marble. <laughs> I got a rock. <laughs> All right, Charlie, it's about that time. Leave. Leave. Oh, I knew that was going to be a regular drop after medic. Uh, Love that guy. It's so awesome. That's the best, Charlie. best gift yeah. Hellbound could have given us. Yeah, it was. <laughs> One of the few gifts he gave me. (laughs) All right, Charlie. (laughs) For Charlie, I'm Dan. Everyone else involved, thank you so much for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Two weeks. weeks. Until then, Charlie. I'll be back. I knew you'd say that.